0: Today's Bible reading is from page 1241 in the Church Bibles. It's Revelation, chapter 11, verse 10 to 13, verse 19. Sorry, chapter 11, verse 19 to 13, verse 10. Page 1241. From 1119. Then God's temple... In heaven was opened, and within his temple was seen the Ark of His Covenant. And there came flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, an earthquake, and a severe hailstorm. A great sign appeared in heaven a woman clothed with a sun, with the moon under her feet and a crown of twelve stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its heads. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour her child the moment he was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne The woman fled into the wilderness, to a place prepared for her by God, where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient snake called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth, and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power, and the kingdom of our God, and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters, who accuses them before our God day and night, has been hurled down. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them, but woe to the earth and to the sea. He is filled with fury, because he knows that his time is short. When the dragon saw that he had been hurled, down, hurled to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. The woman was given the two wings of a great eagle, so that she may fly to the place prepared for her in the wilderness, where she would be taken care of for a time, times, and half a time, out of the snake's reach. Then from his mouth, the snake spewed water like a river to overtake the woman and sweep her away with a torrent. But the earth helped the woman by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that the dragon had spewed out of its mouth. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring, those who keep God's commands and hold fast their testimony about Jesus. The dragon stood on the shore of the sea and I saw a beast coming out of the sea. It had 10 horns and seven heads, with 10 crowns on its horns, and on each head a blasphemous name. The beast I saw resembled a leopard, but had feet like those of a bear and a mouth like that of a lion. The dragon gave the beast his power and his throne and great authority. One of the heads of the beast seemed to have a fatal wound, but the fatal wound had been healed. The whole world was filled with wonder and followed the beast people worshiped the dragon because he had given authority to the beast and they also worshiped the beast and asked who is like this beast who can wage war against it the beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and to exercise its authority for 42 months it opened its mouth to blaspheme God and to slander his name and his dwelling place among those who live in heaven and those who live in heaven it was given power to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them and it was given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. All inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast, all whose names have not been written in the Lamb's Book of Life, the Lamb who was slain from the creation of the world. Whoever has ears, let them hear. If anyone is to go into captivity, into captivity they will go. If anyone is to be killed, with the sword, with the sword they will be killed. This calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of God's people. This is God's word.
1: Thank you so much, Faith, for reading that. My name is Jeremy. If we haven't met, it's great to see you, particularly if it's your first week. Welcome to Trinity. And uh, I should just say that inside the service sheet, there's a QR code on the center uh, part of the inside bit of the service sheet. Um, And at any time during the talk or Um, uh, or or while we're singing after the talk, do feel free to ask a question. There's already one question there. You can vote for questions uh, if that's the question that you had yourself. Um, So if you've got a a smartphone with you, you just need to point your camera at the QR code. I'm talking like I'm a techie, but I really don't understand these things. You you, you point your camera at the QR code, and it'll take you straight to the page uh, called Slido where you can ask a question. We're going to have about 10 minutes later on Uh, And uh, some of these questions are going to be put to me, and uh, I'll see what I can do to answer them from the Bible. Good. Well, again, a massive welcome to Trinity. Revelation, of course, is a book that we all feel scared of, but uh, it's actually the book that teaches us not to be afraid. Uh, So we're going to pray as we look at it together that God's word would reassure us this afternoon. We're going to pray that. So let's pray as we begin. Father God, we've just heard that uh, this part of the Bible is a call to patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of your people, but we know that it is, it, it's is—it's not always easy to keep going as a Christian, far from it, it's very hard, so I pray, Father, that your word would address our fears, and I pray that what we see this afternoon would teach us not to be afraid, and, and so... I pray, Father, we keep going by the blood of the Lamb and, and, and the word of testimony about Jesus until the day that we rest from our labors, uh, because we know that if, if we're Christians, that day is definitely coming. And we ask these things in your name. Amen. I don't know if you've seen that film, The Wizard of Oz, it's on, it's on most Christmases. It's the kind of film that lots of people have seen. It's um, 80 years old now, 80 years um, since it was made. There's a famous scene at the end where Dorothy and her friends have, have come to the, to the Wizard of, Oz, Wizard, Wizard of Oz's place. And, and, and he appears to be all smoke and, and flames and a big sort of terrifying booming voice. Uh, and uh, Dorothy and her friends are, are rightly terrified. And then their the little dog, is it called Toto, uh, pulls aside the curtain, and then you see at that point that the whole thing is being operated by this old man. He's pulling levers and, 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 and making sounds come out to frighten them. It's all a big show. And uh, seeing behind the curtain at that point in The Wizard of Oz means that we can understand what's going on. We're not so frightened anymore. We can cope with it. And, and in, in a similar sort of way, uh, this part of Revelation, Revelation, the end of chapter 11 through to the beginning of chapter 15, um, is it, a sort of look behind the curtain and, and it enables us to see the kind of things that would normally frighten us, frighten us stupid. But it, it helps us make sense of the world that we're in. It helps us understand the world so that we can cope with it that's the idea i mean often we think that the the book of revelation is all about the future about things that are going to happen when jesus returns and and in lots of ways that is absolutely true but the heart of the book is about the experience of the church today what it's like to be a christian in the here and now and um that time that keeps getting mentioned in this central part of the book of, of Revelation with, uh, you remember we saw the seven seals, then we had the seven trumpets, and now we've got a, a, a number of signs. And, and there's this period of time that keeps on getting referred to, which is uh, 1,260 days or, or 42 months or times, time and half a time. In other words, three, three and a half years. That's this, this sort of time that we're living through. It, it's, it's limited but it's sometimes scary. And so that's why God gives us the inside track on what happens to us today. It is, it's not easy. It's definitely not fun being a Christian sometimes. We're going to suffer. Sometimes we're going to cry out how long. The book of Revelation tells us that. But we have no reason to be afraid. And we're going to see that as we go through this section. Here's the first point then from uh, the bit that Faye just read to us on page 1241. Do you have that open. It'll be a massive help to me if, if you can be referring to that as we go through. Chapter 12, verses 3 and 4. Let me read that out. Then another sign appeared in heaven. This is um, John writing to the seven churches in Turkey. They're having quite a hard time. This is what he sees. Chapter 12, verses 3 and 4. Another sign appeared in heaven. An enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its heads. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour her child the moment he was born. Now, there's, a, there's a dragon on the maternity ward. That's the, um, that's the issue. Um, I mean, Dawn, my wife, is, uh, is an advocate for maternity services in northeast London, and um, if an enormous red dragon turned up with ten crowns on its head, she's going to get a call, and that's, that's a clear safeguarding issue, I think you say, in northeast London, if you have a dragon with seven heads turning up in your maternity ward. But here, then, um, the, the woman who's about to give birth is... So, it represents the Old Testament people of God. You know that because um, it mentions the sun and the moon and the 12 stars back in chapter 12, verse 1. Um, do you remember they're taken from the Joseph story? Uh, you might remember that the sun and the moon and, and 12 stars. Uh, the 12 stars represent the 12 tribes of Israel. So, that, that the mum is the Old Testament people of God. And, and from that nation, from the nation of Israel, comes Jesus. That's the point, that's his ancestry. And Satan tries to kill him as soon as he's born. And um, you can read all all, all about that in Matthew chapter 2. King Herod's involved. Satan is is poised to kill Jesus. There's a dragon on the maternity ward. Um, But then look down at at verse 5. This is Jesus' life in in one verse. Okay, uh, Revelation chapter 12, verse 5. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who, quote, will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. So, so Jesus is, is born, and you know how his life goes. He, 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 he teaches, he gathers disciples, and then he goes to the cross, and then uh, he's resurrected, and he ascends to heaven. He's snatched up to safety, um, in other words. And and, and in relation to Jesus' life, you can see that verse 5 quotes from Psalm 2. If you look down at the footnote, Psalm chapter 2, verse 9, that bit about ruling all nations with an iron scepter. Because now Jesus, as happens in Psalm 2, Jesus is on the throne. He's he's enthroned. And if you think you can take him down, then it's too late. Rebellion against God's king is too late. God laughs in Psalm 2. Uh, because it's much too late to take Jesus down. Satan's missed his big opportunity, uh, and 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 he's defeated. He's gone. So, so what happens? Well, Satan takes out God's church instead. That's what happens. Um, s- Satan was thrown out of heaven when when Jesus died on the cross. You can pick that up in um, just uh, down at the bottom of the page in. Chapter 12, verse 10, let me read from that. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death therefore rejoice you heavens and you who dwell in them but woe to the earth and to the sea because the devil has gone down to you he's filled with fury because he knows that his time is short so Satan's been thrown out of heaven by the blood of the lamb by Jesus dying rejoice heaven but look out, Earth. As Christians, we have a we have defeated but vicious enemy. That's the point. Um, you know, on the one hand, we have a vicious accuser. Um, we need to know that. Um, he's like a cornered animal. And, um, and we downplay Satan at our peril. Um, and he's the accuser, it, it says in, in verse 10. You know the kind of things he says. Um, Call yourself a Christian, you know what you're really like. Um, what would your church leaders say if they knew all about you? <laughs> Don't you think they'd be disappointed uh, in you? When did you last really read your Bible? When did you last really pray, Satan would say? You think you're better than anyone else to you? You're a joke. What about the things you said? What, what do you think God makes of you? You're shallow, you're a big fraud. If you're a Christian, you wouldn't be like that. Give up, it's never going to work. Stop kidding yourself and pull out that's what Satan says to you and you know in a sense he's right because we are shallow and and, and we're not what we should be but on the other hand Satan's accusations don't work but because because of verse 7 verse 11 have a look at verse 11 just over the page verse 11 they triumphed past tense, it 's so certain this is talking about Christians. They triumphed over him, that Satan, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And Satan doesn't win when he accuses a Christian, because of the blood of the lamb and, and the word of a christian 's testimony. This is such an important principle. I, I want you to remember it. spiritual warfare. Is applying the gospel to our thinking that's what it is and one one writer puts it like this I'm I'm gonna quote. you'll see him up on the screen guy called John Richardson victory in spiritual warfare is not achieved by special people or special methods Satan is overcome by the outworking of the gospel in the life of the ordinary Christian that's a wonderful thing isn't it I was hoping for more response than that. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Yes. yes, it is. It is. The blood of the Lamb, um, you know, we, we, can, we, can, we can answer Satan and say, Jesus died for all those things. He shed his blood. The slate is completely clean. You've got nothing on me at all. The word of their testimony, you know, I know that from the moment I became a Christian that, as I hold fast to the gospel, none of Satan's accusations can stick. The blood of the Lamb did it, and, and, and then my testimony brings it into my life. Uh, if, if, if I can put, put it like that, none of Satan's accusations work because there is not a sin left for which Jesus is not paid. That's the first point. We're in a vicious battle but the accuser has nothing on us at all. But, but Satan's attacks don't just come direct, they come through other means as well, and, and, and that's the two beasts that we see described in chapter 13. Here's the second point. As a church, we face attacks through political power, ideas, because um, Satan has his henchmen, if I can put it like that, um, and two are mentioned in chapter 13, have a look at chapter 13 verse 1 uh, down there at the bottom of page 1242 I'm going to read from verse 1 here's the first henchman the dragon stood on the shore of the sea and I saw a beast coming out of the sea it had ten horns and seven heads with ten crowns on its horns and on each head a blasphemous name the beast I saw resembled a leopard but had feet like those of a bear and the mouth like that of a lion the dragon gave the beast his power and his throne and great authority. So, the dragon sort of goes to the seaside, and, and and then a monster turns up, Satan's henchman, and he's like a leopard, and he's like a bear, and he's like a lion as well. And those are all pictures from the book of Daniel. Uh, we looked at that um, last term in our small groups, and and each one of those animals represents a world power. In in Daniel's day, but here it's a sort of superpower of tyranny. It's like they're all smushed into one. Um, This is um, it's not talking about one political leader like sort of Tony Blair or Margaret Thatcher or George Bush or whoever you want to sort of think of. This is political power generally, and and people are just mesmerised by it. You know, people will do anything when they to get close to the political leader who's got most nuclear warheads at their disposal they'll do anything, they're just sick for it aren't they? To be seen in association with, um, with powerful people it, it was very similar in the first century when, when this was written the, the Roman emperor had half a million soldiers half a million soldiers at his disposal um, end of verse 4 they worshipped the beast and asked who is like the beast, who can wage war against it? And, and the henchmen can talk as well. Um, you see in uh, chapter 13, verse 5, the beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and to exercise its authority for 42 months. It, it's terrifying, isn't it, when, um, when the state turns its attention on Christians. You know, all the power, it's terrifying, isn't it? The, you know, the power to chuck someone into prison, the power to torture someone, uh, the power to kill them, the power to take away all of their rights. All the power at a government's disposal, when that's turned against Christians, then it's going to be difficult. When when Nori's going to win? Um, can you see that in verse ten? Um, if anyone is to go into captivity, into captivity they'll go. If anyone's to be killed with the sword, with the sword they they will be killed. Um, we'll go to the law courts, and we won't always win. Um, if 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 we're Christians. It's extraordinary, isn't it? With so many problems facing this country. Um, I can't think of, of one government minister who thinks that Christianity is a good answer to a single one. Can you? And, and of course, it's far worse for our brothers and sisters around the world. Do you know the Eritrean Embassy is in Islington? Have you seen that? It's um, The Eritrean Embassy is on White Lion Street, just around the corner, just by Inchor. Um In March, the government closed evangelical churches and put 30 Christians in prison simply for coming to a worship service. Sierra Train Embassy around the corner. Um, that's beast number one from the sea, government pressure. And then there's uh, beast number two from the earth, a, a second henchman and he represents deceptive ideas. So if you look at Chapter 13, verse 11. Then I saw a second beast coming out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, but it spoke like a dragon. Now, it, it's in disguise. Uh, you've heard of a wolf in sheep's clothing. This is a beast in sheep's clothing. Uh, we, we've, got, we've got our sheep outfit here. The beast is wearing a sheep outfit, but he's given away by his, um, given away by his voice. It, he looks a little bit like a saviour, the Lamb rep- representing Jesus in, in the book of Revelation. He looks a bit like your Savior. He's a fake Messiah. Um, you see, that's the point. Um, so deceptive ideas that lead people away from the gospel because they're so similar to the gospel, and it's quite hard to tell the two apart. Um, such an unholy unho- thing. That I think explains the number 666 all kinds of uh, explanations have been given to that number. You will probably be aware of some of them. Um, During the Reformation uh, if you put different numbers to different letters of of people's names uh, then during the Reformation. I think they decided that the Pope's name sort of added up to 666 uh, and then the Pope retaliated by saying that Martin Luther's name actually added up to 666. That's not really the point um, of, of this number. Um, in um, chapter 13, verse 18, it says this calls for wisdom. Let the person who has insight calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. Their number is 666. I think that's the point, in that God is holy, holy, holy. You'll, you'll know that from Isaiah. Um, seven is the number of holiness, so God's number, if, if you like, would be 777. Um, the number six falls short of that unholy, unholy, unholy. Deceptive ideas that give you a fake Jesus, a plastic Jesus, a Jesus who, who won't save you, like, like, like the people who make Christianity about, about sort of morals and about disapproval and, and about a mild interest in being a better person, um, sort of churchianity, um, if I can call it that. A counterfeit Messiah one, one London preacher called Spurgeon you might have heard of him um, said that people like that are vampires because they suck the blood out of Christianity they the, the blood that Jesus shed on the cross is just absent it's not needed uh, it's a sort of self-improvement program they leave the cross to one side it's a fake Christianity rather than taking us to the real lamb in chapter 14 verse 1 and and follow- Finding patient endurance, that's what we need in, in verse 10 of chapter 13, and, and, and wisdom comes from knowing Jesus, coming to his cross, of asking for forgiveness from our sins, of, of, of begging him to save us, of living a life that pleases him. This kind of fake Christianity sucks the blood out of the gospel. Attacks are going to come, you know, um, personally or, um, or corporately. Um, do, do you put a question on Slido if you want to about some of that? But we're going to move on because Christians stand firm. That's the, that's the final point. Christians stand firm until the end. We don't need to, don't need to feel afraid. The dog is pulling back the curtain on, on the devil's plans, and we can keep going. That's the third point. Um, we are completely secure, even through terrible judgment. We're completely secure. Um, because judgment is, is very terrible in chapter 14, um, verse 14. There's, no, there's nowhere around that. In, on one level, I'd love to tell you that, that, that this isn't real or that Jesus never spoke about this or that people who reject the gospel message just disappear or just wiped out or annihilated. Some people have, have, have tried to say that. But the Bible won't let us do that. God's wrath is real and hell is a genuine destination. Please, I, um, I want you to know that that's true. I have to warn you about that because I want you to come to the safety of trust in Jesus. Uh, the security of God's people is just unshakable. I don't know why you wouldn't want it. Now, let, let me give you seven ways. This is as we finish. Seven ways from, from these few chapters that the Bible says you're safe. As a Christian safe even when God's judgment comes seven ways just very briefly first of all turn back to chapter 11 verse 19 that was the first verse that we read Uh, the ark of the covenant is in heaven Um, God's covenant is is, is his unshakable promise to us and the covenant's never going to be lost his promises will never be kicked to the curb it it, when he says he's going to give us mercy through the death of Jesus Christ, that promise is completely secure. That's the picture of the, of the Ark of the Covenant in heaven. God's promises are dependable, number one. Secondly, um, chapter 14, verse 1, just over the page, 144,000 It's the number of completeness. It, it's repeated from chapter 7 the message is this not a not a single person is going to get lost or overlooked by god despite everything that satan's done in those last seven chapters the number is still exactly the same god will make sure that every single christian gets to heaven um number three again from chapter 14 verse 1 christians have the father's name marked on their foreheads now that's an idea from ezekiel um but it it, it's, it, it's a sort of picture language for people who are known by God and, and cared for by him. People who will be kept safe for eternity. You are on God's mind. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. And then chapter 14, verse 4. Christians have been purchased by God from among mankind. Can you see that? You've been purchased. God has paid the price for you and it can't be taken back. We've been paid for in full. Um, Again, 14 verse 4, we're offered as first fruits. We're at, we're at the front of God's salvation plan. Jesus is described in, 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 in the same language because we're so united with him, the first of the crop from God's creation as Christians. Sixthly, we're blameless. Chapter 14 verse 5, we're described as blameless. This isn't the the qualification for redemption, but it's the result of redemption. We're counted as sinless. Jesus' righteousness is ours. We're seen as completely innocent in God's sight. You see how secure your future is? And then in chapter 15, verse 3, we will sing these words. We will sing these words we promise this great and marvelous are your deeds lord god almighty just and true are your ways king of the nations who will not fear you lord and bring glory to your name for you alone are holy all nations will come and worship before have been revealed you see how secure the future of a christian is you know maybe you're thinking to yourself um I'm I'm, I'm feeling the strength of the attack today. I'm I'm really struggling. Um, I feel a bit shaky, whether it's those accusing voices inside or the sort of slightly aggressive emails from the HR department to work about your Christian group. Yeah, I mean, the dragon is a vicious animal uh, and he's lashing out precisely because he knows that he's beaten in a weird way. It is comforting that he wants to stop us being Christians because he knows that we're onto something. And he will try and hurt us through accusation, through political power, through ideas that present to us a plastic Jesus, a beast in lamb's clothing. And so we need to endure. We need to keep going, hold on to Jesus, even as political powers defeat us. We need to be wise, even as deception is all around us. There's a spiritual battle going on But we have overcome with the simple gospel if you don't know that gospel then now is the time to find it it's not far away from you if you do know that gospel then now is the time to apply it to your thinking knowing that we've been purchased and and made holy by a god who will keep us safe shall we pray Heavenly Father, you know that there's a battle going on, uh, that it's not comfortable, but it, it's a battle that will only have one outcome. But in the meantime, we face a, a, a vicious enemy who will try and hurt us, and uh, we know that Satan's real, and he will use every method at his disposal to try and fight against us. And, and so I pray we'll hold on to the gospel, not only that, but that we will apply it uh, to our lives when we, when we feel accused, when we feel guilty, when our past catches up with us and I pray we would know the security that comes from the blood of the lamb and our testimony of what Jesus has done to save us please help us hold on to the simple gospel please help us endure until that great day when we will sing great and marvelous are your deeds Lord God Almighty we pray these things in your name Amen